This episode of Poetic Properties Podcast is brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Hope you guys had a good week. My week was absolutely horrible. It's been so difficult to get through it. Not even going to lie. Overtime has been really kicking my butt. It's really weird because I used to, you know, work three weeks worth of work in two weeks for like two years straight and I had no problem with it. But now that I'm trying to um, get my business going and off the ground and, and uh, gain a sense of consistency within what I'm doing, like overtime is just really a headache for me. Um, I know it gives me uh, extra money that I could put on bills and, and stuff towards the kids and stuff like that. But I don't know. It just, it really bothers my emotions now, you know? And plus I'd be mad, exhausted with everything that I'm going through mentally, um, and it creates the physical toll. So I, you know, I try to give the best that I can when I'm, when I'm having to do overtime. Um, but my job is it's the business need is a hit and miss at times. So it's like some days you'll get, um, a few days notice, some days they'll ask you to, you know, do the overtime the same day. And for me, I'm like, nah, I can't do that. So I'll try to do it the day after and throughout the week. But, man, I'd be tired. I'd be tired. My mind is just, my mind has been so bogged down the past uh, two to three years. And it's like, I'm tired of, of, of faking like I'm okay. And, and not faking like like that because... I don't go out of my way to to be different. I I am really a positive and inspirational person. Um, I do just keep a lot of my stuff to myself when I'm for real going through. But I think for me this week, um, besides on this podcast, on this podcast, I try to give it up the best I can so that you guys could understand. Um, I understand the difficulty of having depression, anxiety, mental health issues, and still trying to, you know, be a parent, a sibling, a partner, um, an employee, a boss, whatever, whatever it is. Um, so I try to give it up on here as best I can, um, while respecting anybody or anything else that I talk about outside of myself. I never want to get this podcast misconstrued with being a gossip podcast because that's not the type of time that I'm on. Uh, my goal is to not create chaos, but to create uh, consistency, to create um, accountability within ourselves so that we can be our best selves while uh, uh, battling through what we're going through, but also being a reflection of each other so that if you see me going through it, but I'm still able to to fight, I'm hoping that that encourages you like, man, I, I got to keep going. And so um, being being mentally bogged down, it's like I don't I don't have time for the extracurriculars, um, the overtime hours and stuff like that. But again, I have kids, I have bills It's stuff that I still need to invest in the business. So 
I do the overtime best I can. Um, I put my best foot forward while while having to do those extra hours. But it's just time consuming. And the whole time I'm thinking about what I could be doing towards the business, what ideas and stuff like that. So it just really it it really was hard this week. It really was. Um, on top of that, it's like I can't get a break from from death. Um, I told you guys, I think on last week or, or two weeks ago, I lost a very close friend of mine. And that was affecting me like I haven't had real time to to grieve the loss of my daughter. Um, because every it, it's it's. It's back to back to back death. And at this point, I am callous to it outwardly. Like I, I feel I feel sad and mad and confused and chaotic on the inside. Um, having experienced all this death is is definitely affecting my uh, affecting the depression that I'm going through. Um, definitely compounding just hurt and pain and chaos on top of hurt, pain and chaos, you know. Um, but this uh, this past Sunday, no, it's been a week. Um, my cousin passed away. And again, I'm 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 callous to the to the thought of uh, I'm uh, I'm callous to death in general after losing uh, my father-in-law a while back, um, and then losing my daughter for me, losing a parent and a child is for me, it is the highest level of pain that, um, that you could go through in my opinion, or at least how my mind is set up. So I kind of been callous to it because, it's death after death after death, but I gotta keep fighting. I gotta keep make. I gotta make sure everybody is good. So for me, because I've gone through that, I appear to be a bit stronger because my outward reaction is is not one of emotions. Um, it's not that I'm not hurting. It's not that it doesn't bother me or or it's not affecting me. It's more so that I know that pain at the highest level. And nothing will ever top that. Not, and, and not that. And, and I'm saying top that because I don't even know how to phrase it properly. But I don't want anything to top that feeling that I had holding my baby in my arms. But I, want, I, I don't think people understand that. I think it comes off as standoffish or a lack of concern or a lack of uh, empathy towards someone else's death outside of you know my household and that's not it it's just that I know what that feels like so when I'm getting calls and I'm getting texts and and I'm seeing posts and I'm seeing this for this person passed away and that person passed away I don't, I don't have no words because there was no words that helped me when my daughter passed there was no words from out from from nobody there was no w- words on the outside that helped me when my father-in-law passed There was nothing I wanted to hear. There was nothing anybody could say. You know, it's nothing anybody could could do, you know, other than be there for you as a person. And in my experience, like people don't get it. Like nobody still don't ask me how I'm doing. Um, 
as a result to losing my daughter. And that's fine. That's fine because I don't expect people to care like I care. I don't I don't expect people to struggle like I struggle with it because it's my kid. But as an empath for me, I don't get sad and I don't get bothered and it doesn't affect the actual death doesn't affect me more so than how it affects the people that are living. Um, so my brother texts me. He was like, man, uh, J-Mac passed away last night. And like I had just woken up like I was I was like shocked. And so I came down, I, I, I made my coffee and I was, I was, I was bugging like, like, nah, but for me, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Not right now. Um, because we just lost his mom last year, right? We just lost his mom last year and I don't think anybody knows this, but for me, this is why I fight so hard for mental health. This is why when I was diagnosed with clinical uh, clinical depression and anxiety and um, and having to be on medicine and stuff like that. This is why I fight so hard to be at peace. My auntie was diagnosed with schizophrenia when we were like young. Right. Like we were we were super young. And she fought. She had her outburst. She had her moments of, you know, felon she's had her days that she lost but she had her days that she won but she never quit she never quit now one of them personalities allowed her to quit like it affected my cousins it affected my granny my aunties my uncles it affected us all but she never quit but she was at a chemical imbalance that she couldn't control anything other than staying alive she couldn't control it so much stuff that happened as we were growing up that it was evident that it was uh, the the mental, the, this chaotic disease that she was going through that was having her behave in certain ways and and do certain things. And so for me, when I come on here and I'm t- um, I'm doing a mental health checks and I'm saying, I hope that you guys are good and I'm expressing to you what I'm going through. This is me fighting because I saw my auntie fight to the end. Her imbalance was 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 high. That chemical imbalance in her was high. She couldn't control it, but she fought to the end every day. Whatever it was she was doing, whatever it was. She made sure that. A piece of her was around. She never left her kids. She never gave them up. Yeah, it was a lot of stress on my granny because my granny had to in turn, you know, to take care of her baby, which my auntie was my auntie is her youngest child and her kids. But my auntie did what she could. To be with her kids, she had her outburst, she had chaotic moments and stuff like that. And we all have stories. But for me. She fought to the end. I wish her life was so much better than than what it was. But that's why that's why I fight to get up. That's why I fight to not let the the anxiety 
take me there. Their depression, take me there. I do the best that I can to encourage and get it out of my mind. And this is what people don't understand. The reason why I speak about this out loud is because I'm already defending so much in my mind. And if I keep the stuff that's that's hurting me, and if I keep the stuff that's hindering me inside on top of what's already going on, then I'm going to lose. So I speak freely. I don't care if you judge me because I'm depressed. I don't care if you judge me because I have a high level of anxiety. I don't care. I'm saving my life. Schizophrenic and all looked up to my aunt. Not nobody in the family. So whoever whoever hears this is going to be it. They're going to be like, wow, I never realized that. My uncle on my dad's side. Something happened to him in, in, in the army. He hasn't been right since he's been home, but he is alive. Whatever his chemical, I look up to them for that. The moment that they start, the doctor starts saying, oh, you, you have this, you have that. My mind said, no, I can't give up. I see the struggle that my uncle goes through with just being confused and not really knowing what space and time that he's in, but he's alive. His chemical imbalance is extremely high, but he keeps fighting. Whatever, whatever way that is. My auntie, she kept fighting. So for me, I have to keep going. I have to make sure that I'm okay. I have to make sure that the people around me know it's okay. You have to fight it, though. You have to. So I made my coffee. And then my brother called me. And if you know, if you if you know me, you know how much my brother's peace and sanity and and love means to me he's like like he's like my father like the family knows that like he he could reach me he could reach me on any level before my mom and my dad and my stepdad like that's d duck my brother was crying and I'm used to my brother being strong about every, like when I say everything, I don't think I heard my brother cry since the last time we got a whooping. He got COVID. I didn't hear him. I didn't hear him shed a tear. I don't know if it was because he knew I would lose it more or if it was just him. He don't panic up. Like when I say that boy got ice water in his veins. He don't show no panic. He don't show no no erratic thought. Like, he's calm. I know by words when, when my brother is hurt. Because that's the type of conversations that we have. But my brother was crying. And I'm not used to that. I'm not used... Like, when I, when, 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 when I told him that my daughter passed... He didn't shed a tear, not in front of me. Right? We have another cousin that passed. We 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 lost it. We were younger. But as an adult, I've never seen my brother react to to bad news panicking emotionally. I've never seen that. And he hit me up and he was crying. And I kept telling him, bro, I'm I, I don't I don't know what to say. And I, I don't, because I was so shocked that he was crying that I was at a loss for words, not because of the death, but because now I don't know how to make my brother feel better. 
you got to understand that like from birth to about I want to say Duck was 10, 12 maybe. We were all we were raised like brothers. We were raised like brothers and sisters. Like we were always with my mom's side of the family like as younger as as little kids, so we were close. So it's not like it's not like our cousin died. It's like a, like we just lost a brother. And I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to say to him. I, it's, it's not going to be okay. Like like when people say, oh, when somebody dies, it's going to be okay. I'm, let, I'm, I'm being honest with you. It's not going to be okay. It's going to affect you for the rest of your life, depending on how close you were with that person. It's going to affect you for the rest of your life. It don't matter if you hadn't talked to that person in two years, five weeks, one week, two days, 30 seconds. It's going to affect you for the rest of your life. I started thinking about things that we used to, to do when we were younger. I started thinking about the arguments we got into as kids. I started thinking about the holidays we got to spend and laugh and stuff like that. And I couldn't figure out what to say to make my brother stop crying. I haven't talked to my brother since we had that conversation. I don't know if it's because he's he's in this moment of grieving. Uh, grieving. I haven't called him because I don't know what to say. I'm sad that my cousin has passed away, but I am devastated because my brother is hurting. And I'm hurting too, but I'm used to this. And I know that's sad. I know that, but I, but I've been like for the past three years, people have been dying every other month, my daughter included. It's I'm used to it at this point. But that affected my week. That affected me and I'm struggling, but I'm good because I have this therapy here to speak out. I have this microphone in front of me that I could say, hey, guys, I'm not good, but I'm fighting. Hey, this is one of those weeks that I need y'all to jump in them DMs and let's have a conversation. These are one of these moments where I tell you, this is not a me up on this mic acting like I'm better than y'all. This is me in therapy. This is me telling you guys, I know it hurts, but we have to fight and we have to fight together. We have to. We have to. You guys know that I say this every week. If ever there was a week that I was very serious and very in need of DMs and just conversations, it's this week. And you guys can reach me, Poetic Properties on Twitter. That's Poetic Property, capital T-Z. On Instagram, it's Poetic Properties uh, Podcast. You can leave a comment under the YouTube. You can even, um, I, I, I don't even know. Email me, complexpoetry.com. Comp, com, I mean, see, I'm, I'm all over the place. Complexpoetry at gmail.com. But I'm here. I'm going through it, but I'm here. I want y'all to know that. I want to break down this, this. I want to break down this thing where we are not allowed to have emotions on either side. As a woman, when you have emotions, you're, you, oh, you're crazy, you're acting out. As a man, when you have emotions, you're a sissy, you're acting like a woman. I'm, I want to dead that. If you got to cry, cry. If you got to scream, scream. If you got to fight, fight. I don't care, man or woman. 
That's why we have these blended emotions now, because we wasn't allowed to do that. That's why we're messed up now, because everybody kept saying, this is how you feel. Don't act like this. Don't act like that. No man is never going uh, to want you if you acting like a man because you keep speaking your mind. No woman is ever going to want you because you're emotional and you acting like a, a sissy. Nah, that's why we have these blended emotions. That's why we we go through these things and we don't know how to articulate our feelings because we are traumatized with being told we can't feel that particular feeling. And that's not right. It's not right at all that 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 that's how we were raised. That's why I said to you guys last week, I no longer get mad at my parents and my grandparents for raising me how they did. The The handbook is outdated. It's fear that got them teaching us like that. It's stereotypes of, of this is how it has to be because that's what they were told. Their teacher from a handbook made from made during slavery, made during segregation, uh, uh, made during high levels of 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 war of, of of wars and riots and stuff like that. That's what they teach them from. Yeah, life is chaotic now, but if if I'm in the indication of of how that is the wrong way, with everything that I share with you guys on this podcast. We gotta we gotta be different. Nah, if you if you mad, be mad. Don't be disrespectful, be mad. If you hurt, be hurt. Cry. It hurt. I'm an adult, and if if, if I bang my leg, my arm too hard, a couple tears gonna shed. I'm not it's not gonna be a snot nose, you know, type thing, but if it hurt, it hurt. Whatever emotion comes to you, feel it. Feel it. Otherwise, you're going to create this chaos in yourself when you when you get older and have kids. If you decide to have kids, hell, I haven't seen people talk to the animals like kids. And I'm so confused. Like, let it feel like it feels. Why hinder that? That's why we all need uh, it's a high percentage of us that need therapy now. And it's a high percentage of us that need therapy, but hide behind the emotions and swear they tough and hide beyond the emotions and swear they don't need it. Because it's a blend of emotions of I know I need it, but such and such taught me I can't feel like this. So I'm going to suppress it. And this is where the violence comes from. This is for where the loneliness comes from. This is where the chaos comes from. It all starts with there. Y'all know I'm big on accountability. The reason why I decided to, to, to start teaching my kids and letting my kids be free because I felt the chaos in me when I felt certain things. When I did certain things, I felt weird like, nah, I don't think that's right because I'm going off of what I was taught. And in my mind for a long time, I'm stopping at my parents. In my mind, my parents have grown up and they have learned. So they're teaching me what they learned. But then as I started getting older, I'm like, wait, you teach me what your parents taught you who was in uh, was was in segregated schools. So their aggression and in, in, in their teaching is different. 
And then they're teaching from they're teaching from what they learned from slaves. Or or newly like newly free slaves. I without even counting, I may be four generations. Let me see. My mom, I may be four generations moved from new slaves or new newly freed slaves. That's not a long time. That's fear after fear after fear after fear being taught. When you are in high level situations and your kids are throwing tantrums in and are not understanding something, you are not going to take the time to figure it out. You're going to the thing that was beat into your head, you're going to beat into their head. I told y'all before I used to wear these kids out for everything. Because how I was raised, when you wrong, you get your ass beat, period. You get popped. If you're not in the kid's place, you get popped or you get a whooping, whatever. If you do these things that are against what I said, do you get a whooping? And then I said, nah, I don't think that's right. Because if I could talk to you and you could talk to me, well, I'm going to whoop you. Like we have to find some other ways to discipline because it was creating an unhealthy blended emotion. Because on one end, I'm like, I'm going to whoop your ass. But on the other end, I'm like, man, this is about to make me feel so bad. But I can't show it make me feel bad because I remember those whoopings of, of getting my butt wore out for whatever. I can't say it was right or wrong because they was my parents. I was little. It was what it was. That's how you felt and needed response to it. I start thinking, though, as I got older, like, why they whoop you? And then be like, you know, that hurt me more than it hurt you. And as much pain that I was in, if that was true. That blended emotion should have had you not whoop me. It should have had you thinking of another way to communicate with me, to discipline me, to teach me, to nurture me, right? It clicked when my second son, and I have six kids, five living, you know, one angel baby. It took to my second son slap me when he was five over Oreo cookie. And I tried to knock his head off his shoulders. Just off of reflexes. Not that I was in my mind like, ooh, I've been waiting for this. But off of reflexes, I tried to knock his head off his shoulders. And in a split second, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I could have really, I could have really hurt him. And, I, and it bothered me. From that point on, I, I, I didn't, like, you're not going to get disciplined for doing kid stuff. You slapping me, I'm always going to slap you back. I'm not going to slap you as hard. But you put, you, you, I'm always, and I don't care how this sounds. If you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. I'm never going to start with violence. But I'm big on teaching self-defense from anybody. So if you feel grown enough to hit me, I'm going to hit you back. That's just what it is. But as far as you doing things that you're supposed to do, because when I did whip you, because I felt the wrong in my soul, I stopped. I stopped. 
I don't care what no one says about that. I don't care what your belief is about it. I don't care what it is. I chose to not have that emotional conflict within myself and that blended emotion to that tells me I'm going to whoop you, but I'm going to be hurt about it. But you heard about it. And I'm not going to explain why. Like, there's no explanation. You being a kid. Like, even right now, because of that moment, because those emotions blended so heavily for me and created so much chaos within me. If it's not a life or death or if it's not a, a action that you could lose your freedom, I don't say nothing to these kids. And when I say nothing, I don't mean like absolutely nothing. I do like if they're yelling, arguing, stuff like that. I do like, yo, y'all need to talk about that. Whatever the issue is, y'all need like relax. You don't need to be screaming and, and hollering and doing all that. But I don't say nothing to them. But anything they can go to jail for, anything that it will put them in a life or death situation, I'm on their ass. Not with my hands unless they hit me. But I'm on them tough because those are the two things that I have to worry about. I have to worry about keeping you out of jail and I have to worry about keeping you alive. Other than that, you got to do your part to figure out how you want to maneuver through life. You can't live my life. I can't teach you how I was raised. I was raised around uh, uh, drug dealers and gang members. I was raised every day hearing a police siren, an ambulance siren. Every other day, somebody getting shot or shot at. We live out here in the old people neighborhood or, or mature neighborhood. I don't want to disrespect the elders. You don't have to live how I live. You can walk to school and not have to. I mean, it's a country mile, but if, if it was a little bit closer, you can walk to school and not have to worry about being shot. I moved away from that on purpose. It was causing too much conflict within my mind of thinking I can't raise my kids here. It's one thing that my biological dad was certain of is that he wanted us to move away. I don't know why he was so adamant about us getting out of where we were. I don't know why that was something that that he wanted for us. But he always wanted us to get out of our hometown. I don't know if it was because he was stuck there and him recognizing who he was and who he was to us and how chaotic that was that he wanted us to be able to get away and and make our own names in the areas that we were. But that was one of the best things that I remember that he wanted for us. My relationship with my biological father is chaotic. And like I said before, it's probably going to be what it's going to be. But I remember that thing that he wanted us to get out of there. I think it affected our, our relationship in the in the worst because we already was on a chaotic time frame of his parenting and us as his kids. But now we gone. So now he don't have to it don't have to be so chaotic for him. He don't have to do anything. He doesn't have to reach out. He doesn't have to see us. He doesn't have to uh, be a part of his grandkids life, whatever, whatever. I'm not saying he doesn't want that. What I'm saying is it appears he don't know how to accomplish that but that's from those emotions that he he wasn't able to deal with as a kid he did what he did he was who he was because that's that those emotions that he wasn't able to deal with as a kid the conflict within him 
didn't allow him to do what he was do, like do uh, like old people say didn't allow him to do right by us so I have to change that I have to be as present as I can I have to do what I have to do for the kids that are right here in front of me I'm not going to fight like I say this a thousand times I'm not going to fight nobody to be the parent that I know that I am I'm not going to play by your rules in order for you to let me see my kid. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm an excellent father. There is no smut on my rep when it comes to me being a parent. There's none of that. But I'm not going to let people put dirt on my name and say things and do things that is going to take me out of who I'm supposed to be. So I have to worry about what's in front of me. Again, is it a is it an emotional conflict of man? I want to see my daughter, but it's I don't want. I'm not about to fight with her mom. I'm not about to fight with her mom because what happens is the more I fight, and everybody like, oh well, she'll love you more and she'll respect you more. You know, when she gets older and stuff like that, and it's like you don't see the tears in that girl's eye when I raise my voice at her mama. You don't see the mental the 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 mental stuff that is is, is going to hinder that girl because of me quote unquote fighting with her mom for her. I'm at the point now that I'll rather know that I'm safe that I'll rather let my daughter hate me and then when she gets older and she wants to talk to me herself, I explain to her the situation. And she takes it from there. I'll always do whatever I can for all of my kids. But in the health conditions that I'm in, I, I'm, I, I can't. I can't argue with you. I can ask you over and over, can I see my child? I can email you. I can text you. If you don't respond, it's nothing I can do. I, like, it's nothing I can do. It's nothing. Again, it's a it's a blended emotions, and I didn't even I, that don't that's not even on my on my docket to even talk about. But uh, uh, I seen something on TikTok. This man flew across country. This man flew uh, 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 not across country. This man flew to another state because the the he had custody of the kids or his his daughter, and the mom wouldn't give the, the baby back. Went to the police. They were like, I don't I don't know. I can't help you. I could call her and tell her you here, but it, I can't help you. You need to go back to court. It's two hundred thirty-six. It's two hundred thirty-six dollars every time. Every time I have to file something. Do you know how many two hundred thirty-six dollars that I that I put down just for the police to be like, "Nah, I'm good." But it's a blended emotion. I love my daughter. I, I, I miss my daughter. I wish that my daughter was here. Like, I'm only allotted two weekends a month. Even though I'm not a bad father. I'm willing to have my two weekends. It is what it is. But I'm not willing to have that unless I have to be in a relationship with you. I'm not willing to go through that if I have to sit at your house and, and I can't father my kid. I'm not willing to do that if every time I want to get my, where you going to be? What is this? What? So I'm willing 
to let my daughter's mind be free and let the angst and aggression and, 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 and malice be towards me because I can explain it to her when she gets older and it's going to be up to her to make the choice right now. She don't have no choice. She don't have she don't have no choice to to want to be with me or not because I'm this and I'm that cool. I got to worry about these kids that are in front of me and make sure that when they grow up, they don't put themselves in the same position that I did. I tell them all the time and I say this to my my young friends and 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 anybody who will listen. The worst thing, it doesn't matter how cool, it doesn't matter how uh, uh, accepting that you are with your relationships, right? And I'm saying this from love. I tell my kids, try your hardest to have your kids by one person. Because even in your best, it's going to create these blended emotions of am I doing right by being here am I doing right by being there and you're drawn and it's a lifelong pull it's a lifelong tug of war of what you could have done better it's a lifelong tug of war of am I spending too much time with this kid and not enough time with with, with that kid it's like it's not worth it I love all of my kids. I love the women, the two women who have my kids. But there's a conflict of interest as a result to Kevin, the partner, and Kevin, the father. You cannot put no no smut on my rep when it comes to me as a father. You can say what you want to as me as a partner. But again, like I say consistently, I'm not conflicted there. I was there. I know what happened. I know who said and who did what. I know why I stand on what I stand on right now because I was there. So it's no matter what anybody says about me to anybody else. It doesn't matter what anyone believes. I was there. I was there. I'm at a point now to where I don't have I, I'm, I'm done with these 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 chaotic moments of when I allow two emotions to cross because I'm done thinking if I'm hurt I'm hurt I don't always show my hurt outwardly and it's because it it was it was time after time after time that I was hurt Suck it up. Be tougher than that. Don't be no punk. That's that's the time I I, I, I grew up in. That's the time that I grew up in. I couldn't you 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 can't be you can't be who you want to be emotionally. You just can't in the time or you couldn't. I remember I remember I don't know if we was at Celicia's house or what. We was in the projects, me and my mom. Went to one of her friends' house, and it was me, my god sister Tahisha, and some other kids. Right? I'm a kid. I'm not thinking nothing of it. They, the girls, is out there jump roping. I didn't see that girls was jump roping. I'm a kid. I saw kids having fun. I went out there and I wanted to jump rope. My mom got so mad. Do I understand why she got mad? Did she explain to me why she got mad? Yeah. I understood it from her perspective. 
boy, we in the projects and these killers and this, that, and the other, and you ain't about to be out here jump roping. I'm a kid. If these grown-ass men are looking at me like I'm a punk because I am a kid jump roping, what does that say about them? Mind you, we, at this point, we didn't live in the projects. We were there visiting. And she still got mad. And it was instances like that that happened throughout my life that made me feel like, all right, cool, I'm, I'm never going to be emotional, emotional on the outs ever again. I remember another incident vividly, vividly. We're in the playoffs playing Wanimi, high school, right? They had made me the punt returner. Excuse me, I also started at cornerback. Well, on a play, I ran... Got mad. Ah! Side swipe. Wind knocked out of me. Couldn't breathe. If you've played sports, you know that getting that wind knocked out of you feels like death in that moment. If the, uh, oh my god, like you just want you, you just want somebody to end it right there. If you've ever got the wind knocked out of you, but when it passes, it's like all right. I, I could do this. So got the wind knocked out. I was down. They blow the, they blew the whistle. I remember uh at the time, uh Coach Dana Cruchain, right? You need to get it together. Mac smack me. Again, that was a time that we grew up in. It's it's all this hyper masculinity, gotta be tough, yada yada yada. You need to get it together, right? My mind flashed back to you can't be out here jump roping. These killers and these this, this, that. So again, I sucked it up. I'm back there waiting for the punt. Like back in high school, I used to love dancing, yada, yada, whatever. So I'm waiting for the punt. They they got the, the, the music playing, so I'm dancing. My chest is killing me, but I'm dancing because I'm not no punk, right? I'm not about to let them see no fear in me. After the game, after the game, my mom said, like, she hear the crowd talking, like, look at him dancing. He always, he always do that. He always fake hurt. That embarrassed my mom. Now, mind you, my mom didn't really come to my games a lot. She came to a few, but she didn't really come to my games. So that embarrassed my mom. And I remember her telling me what was said. And, uh, again, wasn't nothing drastic, but she was upset. I remember those moments because from that moment on, I don't, sh- I don't show emotion. That's the problem. Because when you get it beat into your head, you can't show emotion. You got to be tough. You have to do this. And then when you show that toughness or you show a distraction of uh, or, or you show that you are trying to remove yourself from the pain. Now you fake it. Now you fake it because you dancing and you just was hurt. No, I'm dancing because if I stop moving, my chest is going to hurt. If I stop moving, I'm going to think about the win that I lost. If I stop moving, I'm going to think about not being able to jump rope as a kid and have fun because people look at me a certain way. If I stop moving, it's going to hurt. So for the rest of my life. Everything is on the inside. I don't cry often. 
I think I cried maybe four or five times in regards to my daughter. And not that I'm not hurt, not that I'm not bothered, but what's the point of showing outward emotion? Because I got to be tough, right? I got to be strong. These conflicts that we have with our emotions, we got to get rid of that. Because like I said, that's where the violence comes from. That's where the outbursts, that's where the, the irrational decisions come from. Because all these emotions are blended together and you don't know what to do or how to be or what to say or who to say it to. Because your whole life, if you loud in a woman, you being a man. If you cry as a young boy, you being a woman. You got to let that go. You got to feel how you feel. You have to be, be you have to be certain about the emotions that you feel. I'm telling you, this is why life is so chaotic for people. And this is one of the best things that for me um, and going on this journey of accountability and being able to stand on whatever I stand on. One of the major things that was important for me was to make sure I get my emotions in check. And not in check as in not feel and, and, and not cry and not hurt, but in check to where I can understand the emotions and and deal with it properly. And not deal with it from a space of, oh, you being a bitch because you're crying. Oh, you a sissy because of this. Even the people that I interact with that that are uh, that are female, that are women. Nah, you're not a man because you're going off. You're not no man because you loud. Like everybody get loud. I mean, I don't I don't ignore loud talk because you a woman. I'm just not arguing with you because my emotions are in check. We're not getting we're not getting to the bottom of anything if I'm yelling and you're yelling. We're just seeing who could yell louder. And then all we're gonna do is stop yelling, have sex, and act like it never happened. Nope. Nope. Nah. Keep your coochie over there. Until we calm down, until we talk about keep it over there. I don't know. Nope, nope, nope. I don't want no coochie pie. I want us to have a conversation. And if we can't have a conversation, then we're not having no sex. Because, again, that's that's a metaphor of stop crying. Be tough. Stop being so loud. You a woman. Be quiet. Be submissive. Be this. Be Nope. Conversation or nothing. If you're not willing to have a conversation about it and get through it, get away from me. It is what it is. I told you guys before, I I prayed for a relationship. I got that relationship. And when it came down to it and it was a time that I could uh, um, that I could practice what I'm telling you guys now, I failed miserably, miserably. I was hurt and and. I reacted out of hurt, lost the relationship, affected me for two, three, two, two and a half years. I mean, devastated me. Because I allowed my emotions to cross to 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 intersect. Instead of saying, yo, this is what it was, this is how I felt. 
And I don't care if you think that I'm drama and I don't care that you think that I'm a quote unquote not a man because I'm telling you this is how I feel. It's not jealousy. This is how I feel. My emotions are valid. Again, when you're dealing with in your relationships and your romantic relationships, this is why I say it's important that logic is the higher of of your process when it comes to dealing with your relationships. Uh, logic should be higher than emotions because both of y'all were taught incorrectly. Both. And one of y'all have to have the logic to say, hey, I hear you yelling. I know you're mad. I know you're hurt. Breathe. Because you're not even making the points that you think you're making. So you need to breathe. Be loud as you want to, but make sure you are making the points that are necessary for us to move forward. Don't be loud just to be loud. I'm not telling you how, like, I, like I'm not getting in your business, but, or, or what they say, I'm not getting in woman biz, woman's business, but if we're in a relationship, somebody in the argument has to have more logic than emotion. It's not always the woman that has to have the logic. It's not always the man that has to ha always have the logic. But somebody in the midst of these relationships, whether it's romantic, friendship, parent, sibling, what somebody has to have logic to, to, to sit back and say, all right, this is what it is. I think that's what people call being the bigger person. And a lot of times being a bigger person does get played out. But the moment it gets played out, that's when you got to go. You have to be so sure in yourself. And, and that's why I say accountability is key. Because the moment that you realize, hold on, I'm being a bigger person 99% of the time and I'm not being heard and I'm being called emotional and and I'm talking either way. That's when you have to have the accountability accountability in yourself to say, ah, I don't belong here. These emotions are calling, ca uh, causing chaos because I don't belong here. I don't care how good sex is. Get away from me if we can't communicate properly. I don't care how good money is. I got to get away with I got to get away from you if you're doing something to challenge my morals as a human being. If you disrespecting me as a person, I have to get away from you. That's where I stand. Because I'm accountable for myself. And it's important for for me to let you guys know how much peace you gain from accountability. Yes, being emotional is fun. Yes, being chaotic is fun. Causing ruck is fun. Yeah, 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 it's cool. But then it takes a toll on you. You really want to feel like that? That's what you really want your life to be. I'm on peace. I'm tired of people telling me how I should feel about what they did to me. I said it in, in, in the perseverance. I are not perseverance. The perspective episode. No. No. 
as a result to me and my surroundings and things that I do, no, I don't care about your perspective. I earned that right because of the time that I put in with holding myself accountable. I look at what was done, how it was done. I make my decision, period. I don't care what you don't understand. Don't tell me what I don't understand. I don't care because I'm looking out for myself. Because I have to, because I was raised in in a world full of do this how I want you to do it. Feel how I want you to feel. I didn't have the freedom of with work, with family, with anything. We were all told stay in the kid's place, speak when spoken to, yada, yada, whatever. How dare you have a, a, a thought as a kid that was uh, uh, counterproductive to what the adult what the adult thought, whether it be a teacher, uh, uh, elders in your family, an older sibling. How dare you think differently? I'm a rebel and I'm rebellious now because of that. I stand on I stand on what I stand on now because of that. I'm not raising kids. I'm raising human beings. So they have to learn how it's going to be when they go in the world. They have to. They have to know that they have a right to to have feelings and emotion. They have a right to speak. They have a right to do whatever they want to do as long as it's done with respect. As long as it's done with respect, they have that right. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's their mom. I don't care if it's their grandparents. I don't care if it's each each other. If you are being respectful in what you are doing and what you are saying, you have that right. And even if it's disrespectful, you have that right. But you have to be able to deal with the consequences of your actions, period. Period. That's the important thing. That's why uh, uh, these blended emotions that we go through, that's why it's important that we are able to now teach ourselves, our friends, our kids, whoever is willing to, to listen and to, to take heed. That's why it's important that we let them know, hey, you got you to gotta let them emotions breathe by themselves. The only way for you to get over that, that, that conflict that you're going through is to separate what you feel about it and what you know about it. You got to separate that. You got to stand on how you feel. You got to take your, your parents out. You got to take the the uh, social media thoughts out. You got to take your grandparents thoughts out. You got to take the 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 perspective of you. You got to take all that out. What do you believe? You. What do you like? What have you ascertained throughout your life as a result of this particular emotion? What have you what what what? And you have to go from there. You have to go from there. You have to create, and, and, and even if you have to freaking create a spreadsheet of happiness, anger, pain, hurt, love, like to say, I feel like this because of this. I've experienced this, so this is how I feel. Not somebody told you to feel like that. If you hurt, like, are you hurt? Are you going to be able to say, you know what, I'm hurt? I really am. That really hurt my feelings. And feel secure in yourself. Or are you going to be like, mm, I can't say I'm hurt because they're going to think I'm a punk. I tell people all the time. 
I'm very, very peaceful because negativity is energy or, 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 or negativity is easy to me. Violence is easy to me. Because that's the time frame of life that I was that I was raised in. It's the being nice and being peaceful and being inspirational that's hard. I have to be authentic in that. So I have to go through the processes of being peaceful. I have to go through the process of of sitting with myself and, and figuring out my rights and my wrongs so I can remain at peace. Anybody could go out and cuss you out and fight you. That's easy. That's emotional. We are all triggered or we are all calibrated that way with that sense of violence. No matter what race, what gender, what species, we are all made up that way to respond our instinct with violence. It's easy. The hard part is knowing when to walk away. The hard part is being so secure in yourself that you're willing to be by yourself and hurt and cry it out rather than being in a situation where your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts are not welcomed. You have to be able to set your emotions straight. Stop letting them blend together. It's going gonna, it's gonna to create so much havoc in your life. It's going to make you a horrible teacher. It's going to make you a horrible person. It's going to make you a horrible partner, a horrible business owner, a horrible employee because you can't figure out how you feel. So you have to figure that out. I had to do that for myself. I had to really sit down and say, nah, I'm going to feel how I feel. Regardless of what anybody says about me, say I'm fake and say I'm always sick. Say I am, but I'm trying to fight it. Yes, I'm hurt. I'm trying to fight it. I'm sad I got a divorce. I'm sad that uh, me and my ex broke up. I'm sad that the situation is what it is with me and my daughters. I'm sad and I'm hurt because I didn't do anything. But I never say that because I'm a man. I never say that because... Now I'm pointing fingers and I'm blaming and that's not what men should do. And I, I bet they could say the same about you. No, no, no. But I love them. So I keep my mouth shut. I don't talk bad about them because I love them. Most people can't say that I operate from a place of unconditional love. Everything that they have done to me. I don't even care. Because I'm not going to let that create pain within me that I could die from. Because we had a misunderstanding because we were too immature to get things right. Like, no. I love them, period. Am I hurt behind all three of those situations? Yes. But was I there and do I know what did and did not happen? Yes. I'm able to do that because my emotions are separated. I don't care what you think that I should feel. I don't care what they think that I should feel. I don't care about their perspective, my perspective. I care about the facts of all of the situation, of what was done, what was said, how it was said, how it was done. And I make my decision of how I feel right there. I don't care about your emotions. 
I learned that that's just how it is. When you're in the midst of something, you just want to be right. You just want to be heard and you just want to 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 things to be like they're supposed to be. But because both of y'all emotional. It's never going to work. Nobody is using logic. Nobody is 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 understanding. It's I'm going to do what I'm going to do, even when I'm like, all right, bet. So when I'm chilling and I'm not arguing, I'm not doing this, I'm a bitch. And I'm weak and I'm a bum and I, I'm all these things. But when I'm giving gifts and I'm going on dates and I'm having fun, none of that is present. So I'm willing to be by myself and love on myself and take myself on dates. I'm willing to do these things for myself before I allow another person to force me to blend my emotions. It'll never happen again. It's important that you guys understand that it's important that you sit down with yourself and you think about your dealings with people, especially as you are going through your the, the, this this ugly mental disease that we have. This depression is 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 hindering so many people. So it's important that you sit down and you say, hey, self, how you feeling? Like not for play, like but for real, how you how you feeling? It's important that you journal. It's important that, and not even necessarily full journaling. It's important that you know how you're feeling. It's important that you are honest with yourself. It is important that you believe in yourself. It is important that you give yourself all this love and all this patience and decency and 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 ch- uh, uh, charity that you give everybody else, and all this energy you give everybody else to make sure everybody else is good. It's important that you give that to yourself. So that you can get your emotions in line so that you can understand the accountability that that you have to have and so that you can have peace. So you can have peace. It's important. No matter the darkness, no matter the obstacles, no matter the trials or tribulation, your journey is what it's meant to be. It'll all make sense in the end. Remember, get to the light.